You're listening to The Business Marketing Show, episode number 55. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Welcome to The Business Marketing Show. I'm your host, Brendan. I'm here with my co-host, Ed. How's it going, Ed? Excellent, Brendan. How are you, mate? We haven't spoken I'm, for a while. I'm very you, well. You're good. That's good. We uh, had a bit of a break because you've been traveling and doing various things. So now we uh, are playing catch up and getting some more podcasts out there mm-hmm. for you, the listener. And thank you for tuning in to The mm. Business Marketing Show. We've got a an interesting one today, following on from our last episode that we did, which was uh, the niche marketing for tourism um, and hotels, etc. For that niche, now we're doing medical and dental practices, mm-hmm. which we both had some experience with. You probably more than me, but we've definitely worked in that in those areas. So, what are we going to talk about? Well, I guess we're sharing the blueprint, the current strategy and tactics we're using with our. Um, clients in that space that the strategy we're using right now that's seeing results so um, I guess we'll jump right into it and we've kind of split this that um, we'll split this episode into two parts one is the first part is quick wins the easy stuff um, that you know it's logical it doesn't require much work you do it and you see the benefit and then the broader um, the broader strategy and tactics that might take a bit more work and a bit more time to to do it so Let's get into it. I mean, the first one, not so much a quick win per se, but more just a broader strategy point. Um, uh, and with many medical practice, dental, dental practices, they might not be actively chasing new patients. So um, the website doesn't often doesn't get a lot of love as a result. But it's still important to be online, to have a website, to have some sort of web presence because the patients that you're working with or the patients you have worked with in the past still need to get your contact details. They'll still need to know about you. I mean, the website effectively acts as, I guess, even if you're not actively using it for marketing, it's still an important piece of the business and a business tool because people are going to be looking you up online. They want the address. They want the phone number. And if you're not online, that's not going to happen. So I guess that's the broad first point is, even if you're not proactively looking to grow or chase new patients, it's still important to have a web presence, even if it's just a basic one-page website with you know, the name of the practice, the address, the phone number, or maybe a, a list of services that you provide or, or whatever you do or a description of your specialty. Yeah, absolutely. And look, one of the things we're just building in for a, a medical clinic client at the moment is um, – using an appointment system. So the, the visitor just goes straight to the website, clicks on a few buttons and books in the appointment. They don't have to phone up, be on hold. Mm-hmm. Doing it. It's all automated, so they're not having to deal with, with any of that hassle. So I think in this day and age with people just being able to do that in two minutes on their smartphone while they're in between meetings or dropping kids off or whatever it is, if you can make it a, an easy point of connection, then... Yeah, you'd be crazy not to have a properly functioning, modern, up-to-date site using yep. using the the best marketing methods um, and connection methods available. Yeah, I mean, even like simple things like 
you know, a website with an email address and a contact form where the, where the email is answered daily, you know, that can cut out a lot of phone calls that can, you know, you know, alleviate staff and workload. So, you know, it's very important. Um, and I think regardless of whether you're choosing and whether you're chasing new patients or, or not or looking to grow or not, I think it's important that true like real online booking capability where people can go to the website, choose their time and date of appointment and hit the book button and they have a confirmed appointment. I think that is really, I mean, you know, people expect today to be able to book and buy stuff online. They expect to be able to log on to their PC at 9 or 10 o'clock at night and book an appointment or, you know, choose a time or book hotels, buy stuff, whatever it is. And, you know, it's no different with medical practices. They want to be able to go to the website. They don't want to have to call you because everyone's busy today. I mean, the world is a different place, right? People are, you know, a to-do list a mile long and often you don't get to the to-do list until, you know, later in the day when things have quietened down or kids have gone to bed or whatever it is. So I think you need, like you said, you need to be online, but I think that real, the true online booking capability I think is key regardless of whether you're looking to grow or not. Yeah, absolutely. And look, there are no excuses these days. There are so many different platforms uh, to, to be able to do this. Um, one of the ones we use is called Appointuit. Don't know whether you've heard of Appointuit before. That's um, mainly for sort of medical uh, doctors, practices, etc. Uh, and, you know, that's, you know, it's a monthly service. You've got to pay for it and the cost varies depending on the size, but it's there and it just connects to if you're doing a website and WordPress, you have an instant automated booking platform ready to go. You don't have to try and custom code it or anything silly. Um, and look, you know, 10 years ago, you would have to have this sort of thing custom designed, wouldn't you? I mean, it wasn't, yeah, it was the, the options now are so wide and varied. There's really no excuse not to have it set up properly. Yep, totally agree. So then, Still on quick wins, um, an important one again, critical. You know, people are coming to visit you in person. So mm. having an up-to-date Google Maps listing um, in the correct location with up-to-date details, correct opening hours, and also increasingly more important now, the same thing on Apple Maps, which is you know, Apple Maps is the default map on iPhone and mm -hmm. iDevices, um, and also Bing Microsoft. Um, so really being clear and well, managing um, those maps listings across those three platforms because those are what people are looking for on you know on their phone on their mobile devices when they you know search on Google and also those the data in those services power a lot of other GPS systems so um, yeah I think there's there's no excuse there so maps listing up to date clear details that you probably need to. Just review every three months, I guess. Have something in the calendar just to check it to make sure it's accurate. Nothing's changed. It's all up to date. Percent. And we have, I think we've both said no excuses about five times so far in this podcast. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so I think people are getting the uh, the message. There's no excuse. <laughs> we're, we're like yeah. we're like teachers telling off naughty students. So uh, that's exactly right. Sorry about that. <laughs> whoever you are that we're offending right now. Okay, so uh, we yeah we've we've talked about true online bookings. We've talked about Google Maps. Uh, so what else have we got? So, so probably hand in hand and just keeping an eye on those maps listings is 
just having something, even if it's basic in place, just to keep an eye on reviews and I guess it's broadly called reputation management, but just keep an eye on reviews about um, about the business or the practice because it's inevitable that you have a disgruntled customer in any business, right? You're going to have a disgruntled customer at some point. And from time to time, they will get angry and write things on the on the internet, on Facebook pages, on Google Maps or wherever it is. So it's important just to be ahead of that because often if, especially if um, there's only one or two reviews around the web for you, one bad review or average review can actually make the business, it can hurt the business quite a lot, right? Oh, absolutely, so, yeah. Um, you know, at the most basic level, maybe Googling the business name, uh, once a month, end of the month, having a look just to see if there's any new reviews on Google Maps, um, checking the Facebook page to see what people are you know, writing there, posting on the wall, or if they're, um, they're adding reviews there. Now, the, thing, the funny thing about Facebook is even if you don't have a business page for the business, sometimes or quite often pages can be automatically created for you if someone is at the physical location and checks in. Um, so commonly people are like, well, I'm not on Facebook. My business isn't on Facebook. That that doesn't matter. You know, those pages might be auto-generated. So it's important to be aware of that. But I think we do this for our clients. Just once a month, Google the business name and just see what shows up in the search results. And quite often you'll be surprised that you know, on third-party sites, you never think about like Yelp, for example. Those reviews can really stand out and rank quite high in the search results. So uh, I think that's really an important one that probably isn't on most people's, most people's radars. Yeah. Okay, so the next stage we have, Brendan, from this point um, is after we've, we've talked about the reputation management is the broader strategy of what – these guys can do who have dental practices or medical clinics, etc. Yep. Um, so let's get stuck into some of those items. Yeah, I mean, the first one is probably it could probably be a quick win, really. Um, but some people seem to struggle with this one. Basically, in today's online marketing space, something not a lot of people talk about, but it is critical to making the strategy work. You need a page on the website for every product and service you sell. So if you are a dentist and you sell, you have five core services you offer, say general dentistry, teeth whitening, dental implants, you know, something like an Invisalign. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was five. <laughs> yeah. Basically, to, to in order to rank, oh, I have any chance of ranking Google and to make ads work and just from a general customer perspective, you need a page on the website for every one of those services. It, it makes sense. Like you can't just have a page with some bullet points on it. You know, we do these five things. It doesn't make sense. People want to be sold. So um, simple strategy or simple way to, to make that happen is sit down and brainstorm, spend 10 minutes with a pen and paper and brainstorm all the services you offer. And then there needs to be a page on the website that matches each one. Pretty straightforward. Yeah, absolutely. And again, it is common sense when you really look at it. The information that you need to provide the end user is the same information that Google wants 
so that they can then categorize the site and index the site based on the content. So if your content isn't there and you've, as you said, just have bullet points, Google's going to look at a page. It could have a thousand bullet points and all the things you do. Whoop-de-doo. That doesn't make any difference to Google. They're just not going to rank that page for all those items. They may rank it for the one they think is the most um, relevant for that page. And the rest is just going to disappear into oblivion. <laughs> so you're not going to, you're not going to see it. So typically that's the challenge though. Even though content management systems uh, are set up as easily as possible today to, to make content, people are still lazy in regards to actually creating the content and they procrastinate until, you know, forever and a day to get it done. So you've got to have your individual content for every product and service, like Brendan said, because Brendan's very smart. <laughs> Thanks, Ed. So yeah, yeah, three to five paragraphs on a page, video if possible, because um, often the manufacturer or vendor will have some video. Yeah. Um, and, and and with the video, just because we were talking about this yesterday with a client, do embed the video on the site. Don't have it linking <laughs> yeah. back to YouTube or back to the manufacturer's website. Get the video, have it so it's playing within your site. Yeah. That's what embedding means. It means that it's sitting, playing on your website. So, so, um, and just another thing on, on pages, because um, many practices have multiple locations. So um, sometimes they have a website for each location. Other times there's you know one main website that handles all the locations. So in that case, very similar to a page for every product and service you sell, you should have a page for every location, which is actually quite simple to do because you can just embed a Google map. You can have the address and yeah. you know, maybe opening hours and awesome, you know, short blurb on how to get there, something about parking and maybe even a picture of the front of the building. So that's enough for the location page, but really that's really important to, so every, every location needs its own page and that's important. So the site ranks for all the different locations in a similar way to you need a page for every product or service, the locations work in a similar way. So spot on. And it makes sense. Again, you're helping the end user because when they want to try and find you, uh, you're just making it a very smooth, easy path to your door rather than putting up lots of roadblocks. So, And that's simple to do. Locations, menu item, and then it's sub-menu item for each of those locations. Very straightforward. Excellent. Cool. Uh, um, So that is then the next one, high-quality email. And web hosting. We <laughs> yes. haven't talked about this ever before in any of our other podcasts. Not ever talk about this. <laughs> yeah, um, but the thing is, both of these are mission critical in terms of if if these fail you, your business is relying on these in a great way. So why would you not want to make sure they're done correctly and not be penny pinching over these important things? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean relative to everything else uh these are really cheap components um unlike we've talked about uh, many many times unfortunately most people are making decisions about email and web hosting based on price instead of performance and features so the price difference between something that's rock solid and something that's falling over all the time is is almost nothing like especially when you take staff costs and oh, costs yeah. people into account so you know Email hosting is a, a pretty simple one. I think we have a whole episode on it. There's generally two main options today. Um, well, there's lots of options, but there's generally two main options for business grade or you know, inter- you know, business grade hosting that's rock solid. And the first is Microsoft Office 365 hosting, 
which is Microsoft's cloud platform. Yep. Um, which probably for most practices, they're going to be Windows-based computers, so that's yeah. probably going to be the better option. Um, and then Google Apps, which is generally... So that's Google's cloud-hosted solution, which is generally better. Um, if you're not an Outlook shop or, or you don't use Outlook for your email or you're on um, primarily on Mac PCs, or people are using Macs. So yep. um, pretty straightforward. And then web hosting, it needs to be fast, needs to be reliable. In the country where you're doing business, ideally, um, needs to be backed up. Um, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's an important thing that a lot of people don't quite grasp is the location of the the web hosting servers and where they are because most people don't know that when they're paying for this cheap hosting, they're just probably assuming that it's located somewhere in Australia uh, when they're getting it from an Australian company. But quite often they're using uh, servers that are based overseas in the US or Canada or somewhere worse. <laughs> so yeah. uh, so you have a physical delay of that information traveling from that server uh, to where your uh, customer is on their computer. So you, it, the closer it is, the, the least time it takes, which is pretty bloody obvious when you say it, but a lot of people don't think of that. Yep, exactly. So I think that's a point covered. So, you know, Good quality. It doesn't, and it's not going to cost the world. So no. So we'll put links in the show notes to those specific uh, uh, podcast episodes for those who want to dig deeper into that, which we do do in those. So yeah, awesome. Yep. Cool. Uh, the next one, which is a funny one, um, and it seems to be kind of specific to medical practices, where the website doesn't have Google Analytics installed. So yeah. So Google, yeah, Google Analytics is a free website performance reporting tool from Google. It's the de facto standard online when people are, when you're looking at website performance, you know, ranking higher, getting more visitors to the website. Um, and it, even if you're not looking at the data actively, it's incredibly useful if you go to someone who's an online marketing space or consultant and um, are looking, you know, you might not be doing something today, but in two years' time, you might want to do something proactive. So having yeah. that data is incredibly useful. Um, so it's free. It's a no-brainer. You really should have it. So that's Google Analytics. Not optional, as we say, Brendan. Yep. It is just not an option. You do it. Yep. Cool. Everything's not optional. There's no options. It's true. Everyone <laughs> must do all of these things we say right now. <laughs> Stop listening to us and get out there and get these in place. Yeah. In fact, that one should probably be in the quick win section, but yeah. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Commercial grade photography. We're not talking about photography again, <laughs> are we, Brendan? Yeah. Um, yeah. This this one, uh, just most people don't do it from what, mm-hmm. we, what, what we see. And look, there's nothing wrong with stock images if the stock image is, in my personal opinion, something uh, innocuous like a table or a picture of a phone or because the person you may get in to do and pay to take a photo of these things, it's going to cost you way more than just going and getting the stock photo of basically exactly the same thing. As long as it's high quality, looks good, lighting's right, all that sort of stuff, yeah, use a stock photo. I I do not have a problem with that, but it's typically it's people uh, yep. photos are the issues and I think you agree that's one of the things we come across particularly when uh, you, you're using stock photos 
and these stock photos are particularly ones where you see the same person. You go, gee, that person, guy or girl, they they must work for a lot of different companies because you see this person everywhere. <laughs> the stock photo guy, as we call him. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I mean, we talk about the three P's of photography: your people, your premises or place of business, and the products and services you sell. Yeah, and I think particularly the thing is that you know. Things are becoming more competitive online. So more and more businesses are becoming tech savvy and being aware and doing something proactive about ranking higher on Google and using Google AdWords and other online advertising um, strategies. So getting visitors to the website is not necessarily the hard part anymore. The hard part is getting them to book or call or send an inquiry. And still that big differentiator is having that high quality photography. All things being equal, the website with photos that are taken by a professional of your people and the business itself is going to beat every single time the one that has fake, overly polished, smiley, just plastic looking people that just doesn't doesn't feel real. So from a... And photography is quite... The problem is as well because everyone has an iPhone today or, you know... Brand new smartphone, they think just because you have that means you can take good photos. And that's not the case at all because the composition of the photo itself, the lighting, the way it's edited, the, the whole lot really makes a difference in terms of the quality of the photo and its impact from a marketing perspective. Yeah. So, 100%. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I have clients who get the photography thing, they understand it, but they still want to DIY it. Mm. And the problem is the photos are just never, ever going to look as good as what a professional photographer could do because that's their job. So the thing about photography is it's relatively cheap if you look at it in terms of you can use that photography for, you know, three years probably at least. Um, So I think it's critical. Like in order to compete, if you want to be proactive and you want to compete properly online today, I think this one is really, uh, it's not optional. I think you really need to do it. Otherwise, whatever you do, like, and a lot of practices are doing offline print stuff as well. Inevitably, the website plays a part in that because people are probably, you know, if you're advertising a magazine, people are probably going to go to the website to learn more about you. And then, you know, that's where, you know, the photography really comes into play. Yeah. And look, so we've got an issue with one of our clients who obviously will remain nameless at the moment. And they've got quite a few staff uh, on their, their sort of team page. And their photos, and I have obviously had this discussion with them to get proper photos done, uh, but they're sort of pushing back because of the cost and how many staff they've got. Mm-hmm. But the their photos of the staff are all over the place. I, I, I would actually think you're probably better off not having them rather yep. than the ones I've got now because they're all standing in different, you know, some are standing face on, some are standing with their left shoulder forward, some are standing with their right shoulder forward. The lighting is crap. The shadows behind them. It's just really, really terrible and makes them look like an unprofessional outfit. So, um, and look, we have been spoiled by Matt Reed from uh, Project Photography, or is it Photography Project? I always get it wrong. Project. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. I, I either have to go and register that domain as well because I keep telling people the wrong, wrong thing. We'll put the links in the show notes, but of course, and also the links to the episodes with you. But you've got to get the photos right for for your staff and for your products. But mm. a, another funny story was we had a client, and uh, we had this particular photograph that we 
were saying to them, you know, you, we really should use you know, photos of, of staff because, you know, we should, the, these type of stock photos are not great. And he goes, that's not a stock photo. That's, that's actually one of our staff members. <laughs> and this guy, I mean, he, he could have been a stock photo model because he had that typical sort of look to him. So we're all <laughs> laughing. So, uh, you know, sometimes his staff look like stock photos as well, but they need to be good quality. That's the main thing. <laughs> yep, that's true. Okay. So we have a whole episode on photography that we'll link to as well. That um, It's with Matt and he explains more about the science behind or the marketing science behind why the photos work. Um, yeah. And hearing it straight, you know, hearing it from a professional, it makes a lot more sense and he's a lot better at, at explaining it than we are. Yeah, because we're not professional at all. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're mad is, you know. Um, so, okay, so that's that with the photography. We'll get off that soapbox we've stood on 75 times so far in our podcast. Uh, yep. So review and reputation management. Now, we did talk about that in Quick Wins before. Yep. So Yeah, we, we did talk about that. No, no, the reviews are a bit of a sensitive one because not all, depending on what the practice does, you know, you may not be able to ask for reviews. So I guess there's a case of if you are – if whatever you do, whatever the practice is, if you can get reviews, if that's okay, if that's acceptable practice. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a delicate subject because you don't want, you know, unlikely someone's going to say, um, I've just visited XYZ uh, practice to uh, treat my gonorrhea. Um, and they did a fantastic. You could have picked something a bit. Yeah, yeah that's a, it's just I want to wake people up from all this terribly boring subject matter that we're putting at them. <laughs> so <laughs> gonorrhea usually snaps people out of their sleep. <laughs> but that, as an example, it's like you know people are not going to give those sorts of testimonials or reviews. So you've got to pick your battles what you can get there. And yep. I suppose they have to be general in nature. Yep. Um, typically, one of the big pet peeves I have with anything dental or medical is the waiting times when you turn up for appointments. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not think I've ever been taken into a, a doctor's appointment or a, or a dental appointment on time. And I sort of get why that happens. Things don't always work out as they do. But if, if someone can work out a system to get that sorted... Just, we're getting a bit off topic, but hey. <laughs> no, but it's like it's reputation management, you know, It's and it's reviews. It's relevant. Okay. Okay, it's okay. People, people I Brendan, understand. Brendan's picking on me again. He's I always feel picking on me. Yeah, I well, that's why, that's why I had to go to the doctor because I had pain. But then I had to wait <laughs> an extra half an hour. The gonorrhea must have been terrible, right? <laughs> oh, look, I was going to try, try to keep that. I didn't mention my name, and now you've got to put it out there. Now everyone knows. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. So probably the big one that um, we haven't talked about yet is uh, strategy to get new patients and retain existing patients. Mm, that's a good idea. Yeah. So let's split this into two, right? So some things, some treatments or services or whatever, uh, some are problem solution, right? So people have a problem, they're looking for a solution. So... Uh, that might be someone who is looking for teeth whitening or teeth cleaning services. They go to Google, they Google around, you know, they pick the, the person who appears in the top three spots, yep. book an appointment, and you know, that's it. They're, they're good to roll. Um, and then others are there. 
they're not nice to haves, but they're not problem solution treatments. So yeah, exactly. Um, you know, there might be cosmetic procedures or, or something else, um, or even you know teeth whitening could fall into this as well, um, where people aren't actively googling for specialists in this field or looking to solve this problem. So with if we we go back a few steps, we talked about you know brainstorming that list of products and services you sell. So you should have that list already by this stage. Yeah. And you have those pages on your website. So it's probably wise as a next step to be clear on whether they are problem solution services or they are kind of those those nice to have where they're more about promoting the service and making people aware of them, maybe agitating a problem, um, which sounds terrible, but you know, from a sales and marketing perspective, people aren't going to take action unless they have a, a problem to solve, really. True. Um, so then you know, being clear on what service, you know, how the f- services fall into either of those buckets is then going to determine what tools you use online in order to promote those services and get more customers or patients for them. So then for the problem solution services, Google AdWords, so ads in Google and search engine optimization are going to be the two ways, two primary ways online to market those services, right? Definitely. We agree. So that's ranking higher in Google you know, the, for the important search terms around those products and services. Um, and just by having the pages on the website, you'll automatically start ranking higher for those search terms. So, um, so that's one half of it. And then on the other half, um, for the services that you need to promote and create awareness of or agitate that problem, Sounds really bad, but <laughs> agitate, <laughs> agitate my gonorrhea. Yes, thank you very much. <laughs> so that, now, see, that is a good point though, because you know if you do have something that you're trying to search for, and this is obviously related to medical or dental, that is a sensitive subject, whatever that could be, it's very unlikely you're going to be trying to find that on social media and asking your friends in public forums. <laughs> Does yep. anyone know where to go to get this sorted? You know, because you, you want to keep that private. So mm-hmm. typically you're going to be searching for that sort of stuff. So this is where paid search, you know, Google AdWords or SEO is the way to do it. Uh, but then moving towards social media and advertising on social media, then you're going to be targeting different different subject matters. Yeah. So Google Display Network yep, definitely. and Facebook ads for are going to be the channels, the advertising channels to use for those services that are then they're not problem solution services. For example, maybe cosmetic dentistry yeah. or some cosmetic procedure. Often they are the things that you would advertise offline for. So you know, you see dentists often have a full page ad in a you know a local magazine or a newspaper or something to advertise, you know, teeth whitening or cosmetic dentistry procedures. So Mm. um, in that case, yeah, Facebook ads, for example, display network, um, Google display network banner ads are probably going to be the channels that work there. Um, And also we can tie in remarketing to that. Um, So so remarketing in a nutshell, someone comes to the website uh, using a remarketing tool or the remarketing feature of Google AdWords, for example, we can tag that visitor and then in three months' time or six months' time, we can show ads to that visitor. Um, so maybe something like a, someone like a dentist who you see patients regularly or, you know, you get a patient and, you know, you have that patient for several years, you could retarget them or 
do remarketing to them, for example, every six months maybe when they need to come in for a checkup or a teeth clean or something like that. So you could, for an example campaign might be you have ads running for one to two weeks in front of those people um, if they haven't been back to the website, say in four months or six months, something yeah, like that. Exactly. So maybe you can advertise. The ads could be a reminder, you know, is it time for a checkup or something simple uh, like that. Um, so that's, yeah, you know, yeah. that is Any- a campaign that we run for, for one client. So, you know, that's a real life campaign that works. And those can be quite compared to advertising a magazine where, you know, what's a full page magazine ad, it's going to run you anywhere from one to five grand. And, yeah, it's throwing, know, it's throwing money basic, at the wall. Yeah. You, 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 the thing with remarketing is you're only targeting people who've already, in, in, in most regards, that they've either been to your site or they've been uh, a customer. So, you know, you know you, your chances of converting them are much higher than just some random person who's sitting looking at a magazine. Yeah. So yep. definitely remarketing is, is very powerful for that and, and upselling or on-selling other products or mm-hmm. services that would complement what they've already had done. So, yeah, yeah. So I think broadly, in terms of the the new patient strategy, new customer strategy, and then a, a customer or patient retention strategy. So step one: be clear on all the products and services you sell. Be clear on whether they're a problem solution uh, type of service or procedure or whatever, or they are a nice to have where people need to be made aware of them first. Mm. Uh, and then from there, you can pick your tools. So the problem solution services are going to be the tools that are going to work are Google AdWords and search engine optimization. And then um, for the, the nice-to-have products or you know, um, those non-problem solution uh, products yeah. and services, then Facebook ads, social media ads, Google Display Network, um, and email marketing as well to a degree. Um, are probably going to be the the way to go. Yeah. Also, SMS I think is important. If clients mm-hmm. have a tool to build in, particularly for reminders, you know, to come back in six months' time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're getting those, and most people are quite happy. And I think you probably stand a greater chance of getting someone to action an SMS than potentially an email because they may check their emails once a week, <laughs> whereas you know SMS they, it's popping up on their on their phone there and then. So yep. I, I've found it for me to get me off my butt to go and do things. The SMS works far better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Cool. So that's pretty much it. I mean, that's very broad strokes, but that, you know, and that could be like straight up, that could be a year's worth of work right there. So yeah. Uh, we'll so everyone's just gone, oh, what? No. <laughs> Well, I mean, you could tackle one a month, you know, pick one of those off each month and tackle it, um, you know, and over the course of six or 12 months uh, period of time, be, you'd be way further ahead. I think the big one where people will get the one that always takes more time than it seems like it would um, is writing the content, having the page for every yeah. product service because staring at a blank page can be very difficult. And even if you work with a copywriter, there's still a lot, lot of back and forth to create um those pages yeah uh, but the thing is like a lot of the the content already exists it's things you would already have you or your staff would already be be telling patients or customers or people on the phone it just needs to be down in written format and on the website um, and typically you know the questions people are asking on the phone will make good content the answers to those questions will make good content for the website as well mm, definitely and here's the thing 
your competitors are doing this right now. As you sit mm-hmm. there and think, is this a good idea? Should I do this? They're already doing it. And in most industries, there's usually three to five businesses that own the market that they're in. And mm-hmm. it, the longer you leave it doing all these things we've talked about, the harder it is to crack into that spot mm-hmm. um, because they have already got it mastered. You know, they're, they're doing it. They're producing the content. They're doing the things we talked about. They've got well-established AdWords campaigns and SEO strategies. So the longer you leave it, the harder it is. And you, that's when you're just going to start falling further and further behind. So mm-hmm. don't leave it too long. Get, yep. get cracking one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Cool. Eat your vegetables and, <laughs> and brush your teeth. So, uh, okay, thanks, Brendan. I think we've uh, we've done that one. So, nothing else to add before we finish up for this episode. That's it. All good. Fantastic. So, thanks for your time, Brendan. Thank you for listening. And we'll catch you on the next episode. Have a good sure. one. See ya. Bye. You've been listening to The Business Marketing Show. You can find us at businessmarketingshow.com on iTunes, SoundCloud and Stitcher.